Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James. And on today's podcast, we're going to be looking back at Wednesday night's big 1-0 win over Swansea City. A 94th minute winner from our man Mitro, less than 10 minutes after the same man missed a penalty. Absolute limbs in the hammy end. And here to discuss everything that happened is the birthday boy himself, Jack Collins. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. How are we doing? Very, very good. Uh, many happy returns to you. Thank I'm you. having a nice birthday so far. I am. I'm at work, but um, life is life is ticking along. And birth- uh, Mitro gave me obviously the earliest of all birthday presents last night, which was quite yeah. nice. Well, what in- what an incredible couple of days for you. Mitro does that. I heard you're out for a steak dinner with the family tonight. I mean, life life's good for you right now, Jack. Life is good. Yeah, I can't complain too much. You know, things you no know, things are nice. Things are good. Very, very lovely. All right, well, let's do some three word reviews quickly. Uh, some good ones came in last night, as you'd imagine, after such a dramatic ending to the match starting off with um sea hunt i think his name's chris but we'll go with sea hunt uh very got to be very careful how you pronounce that uh squeaky swan time uh, i liked this one from samuel peter on facebook who said metro stuffs swans uh pete marsland escaped to victory uh it was very hollywood uh, the ending to that game and i think this will be the pod name from our very own dean jones fulham heading up big yeah big. nice Big, big three-word reviews today. Um, Jack, let's come on to it. That, for me, one of my favourite Fuller moments of all time. I'm going to put it out there. It was exceptional in the hammy end. And we've had some pretty dull games at Craven Cottage this season. And and whilst, yes, there was a lot of dull moments in yesterday's game, that ending made up for it in in spectacular fashion. What, What were your thoughts? I mean, I was so angry about the penalty. And then... It was just shades of Huddersfield all over the gaff, wasn't it? Yeah. Apart from, obviously, we're battling at a different end of the table this 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 round way round, and I was pretty gutted because obviously that record stretches back to the thirteenth of August twenty eleven that we haven't had a nil nil draw in the league at Craven Cottage. So I was really concerned that that record was going to be blown open um, by Parkable, and yet we sort of contrived to find a way to win it. Mitrovic is just. Well, he's Mitrovic, isn't it? He seems to raise his level when he's angry, and he was fuming that he'd missed the penalty. Yeah. Um, and and you know that kind of desire and that kind of want to get to that ball and make sure that he connected after not really winning any headers all day is testament to his one ability, but two desire. And I think that's kind of what really burned through last night. I thought Fulham were okay, to be honest. Um, for the first time in ages, I thought Fulham played pretty well. Um. Yeah, we were a little bit toothless, but there were some nice interchanges in the first half. There was some, um, you know, nice bits of of interplay between between the four up front and and Tom Kearney, who seemed to thrive a little bit more last night. Uh, and you know what? Like, I've been critical uh, of this team, and rightly so, I think, in terms of how they play and what they're trying to achieve. But ultimately, last night, I thought we we did okay. Yeah, I mean, Fulham did miss some pretty clear cut chances, and Mitrovic. Um, very guilty of that as well. Good chance for him in the in the in the first half. He was played through by Deckard over Reed. He did well to kind of escape the attention of of the Swansea defenders, and uh, he he just 
you know, blew that chance. There was a couple in the second half as well. Fulham actually did create some openings last night, which I feel like we haven't done in the past few weeks, really. Yeah, absolutely. And that first half, we were talking, that first half chance, we were talking about a half time um, with Jared, who was over from Australia. And something that we kind of noted was, he doesn't normally snatch at those kind of chances. He's pretty, you know, pretty composed. He's got ice in his veins a lot of the time, and he sort of drills the ball low along the ground. And for him to open up and try and sort of almost side foot it into the top corner is weirdly out of character for Mitrovic. He, you know, he's one of those things where he, you know, could have taken a touch and drilled it, and I think it would have been a much better option. But alas, he got the goal in the end, and you know, ultimately we've got the three points, which are going to be crucial. Um, let's come on to the one change um, that was in the match with um, Johansson dropping out of the squad uh, and then Deca Dover Reed coming in. I really like Reed in the middle, and actually him and him and Kearney changed um, quite a lot, as did Cavalero and Knockart. They all they all intertwine, but I do generally prefer when Reed is in the middle. It seems to make us tick over um, a little bit more. I think there's a lot of balance with with that midfield three of Arta, Kearney, and Decadover Reed as well. I think Bobby Decadover's Reed's one of his greatest qualities that he knows when to get out of the way, um, and it, it allows Tom Kearney to to kind of express himself a little bit more. And I don't mean that in any sort of negative sense towards Reed. It's, it's football intelligence. It's that now to know when to be in the middle and when not to be. You know, and he, he drifts out and he drifts off Mitrovic and he drifts wide. And what it does is it allows space for Tom Kenny to exploit. Uh, and I thought we saw that yesterday. Kenny much more um, omnipresent in the game, managed to get on the ball and drive forwards a lot more. And when Fulham, he's doing that from deep, I think Fulham are arguably at their best. I mean, Josh Onema looks to be ruled out for at least six weeks. It's probably going to be the majority of the season now um, that he's ruled out for. There unfortunately will be some who uh, see that as as good news, but I think Fulham will miss Josh Onema. And it's a little bit of an injury crisis now. No Alfie Mawson, no Terence Congolo. Obviously, Harrison Reed's been out for quite a while, and then you lose someone. He seems to be the next one back in, though, I think, Reed. Yeah, potentially. So that might kind of make up for the loss of Josh Onham. But, but I think it is a blow um, oh, for the Fulham yeah. squad. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, any player from of first-team calibre is going to be a blow when you miss them. But especially one who Scott trusts as intrinsically as Josh Onham. And look, there are people, detractors and there are proponents of Josh Onham. And I'm a proponent. I think he's a good player. I think he gets a, an unhealthy amount of stick for the performances that he puts in. Um, it's an opportunity now for players like Steffi Hansen, who you know have been sort of peripheral this season, and Harry Arter obviously coming back in, and a decent game from him I thought as well last night. You know, did the simple stuff reasonably well. Um, but yeah, I completely agree in terms of the injury crisis. It's it's a lot of players out now, and you know, hopefully Harrison Reed can come back in and ease that burden a little bit. But I think we will miss Josh on him. I think we'll miss his physicality in the middle. Um, the fact that he is the one that looks to get up and get forward a lot of the time, I think is is crucial. And especially in away games, I think where Scott's, you know, trying not to necessarily control the game as much, but actually use us as a kind of springboard. I think Onima offers a lot in terms of being able to bring the ball out and towards the opposition half. I thought Swansea were okay yesterday yeah. without setting the world alight. Um, I do like Conor, Ga- Conor Gallagher as a player. I do think he's wonderful. Um, Ayu was was lively at points. I Huffed mean, he absolutely, puffed, yeah. absolutely lost his head after the penalty. Yeah, he, fully, he fully harry it. 
I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, Brewster flattered to deceive a little bit um, for me, but they did have their chances. Bidwell probably had their best opportunity in the first half. He really should have buried that corner away, shouldn't he? But let's come on he, to... He, he loves scoring against... He loves scoring against Fulham as well. Let's come on to their penalty shouts, though, because social media is rife um, this morning. Swansea yeah. Twitter uh, is fuming. And, and and I look at it and I'm kind of like, rightly so. Dennis Adoy looked to not only foul one player, but two players in the same tackle. Um, are you yeah. and, and Connor Gallagher? And there's also the handball against Joe Bryan. I've looked at the handball. It's and not I a think, handball. I think that's really hard. That's not a handball. It's hit his no. kind of armpit slash elbow. I think it would have been an unbelievably harsh decision to give the penalty for the handball. Um, I'm with you, though. I think I think the Dennis Adoy challenge is probably a penalty. He does get the ball, but he comes through two players to get it, and I'm not quite sure that's legal. Um, and then, obviously, that what made them fume even more was the fact that Cabano did win a penalty. I wasn't sure about this. It looked like a coming together and an and almost accidental trip, but there's no doubt that... Cabano was impeded and would have got to an overhit cross had he not yeah. been well, I run thought, into. I, 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 I thought I, at the I, time I, it was a, it was a stonewall. Um, I've looked at it again and I don't think it's quite as clear because I thought it was at the time. But absolutely in the stands, I thought Cabano got tripped and I thought it was a reasonable shout. I'm not. It doesn't make the other penalty shouts any worse or you know or, or better. I think they should have had a penalty, but I don't think it means that Cabano's penalty wasn't a penalty. I think he's tripped. Uh, I think there's contact and accidental or not. He's impeded. That's it. That's a foul. Have you seen the Leeds United conspiracy theories? Because the same, it's the same referee that Fulham had when we beat Leeds. When we beat Leeds at home, and obviously Fulham did win quite a soft penalty that day against Leeds. And uh, even accounts like the square ball, who I like, I, I we we like the square ball guys. Um, we obviously were nominated alongside them at the uh, the club podcast of the yeah. year. They came um, to London twice in a week, and they went home with nothing. <laughs> but they're claiming some sort of conspiracy against. Leeds. Leeds it's and Leeds. how can they, how they, can they Tim want... Robinson referee two matches and come out of those outcomes? I'm like, come on, lads, let's yeah, just be let's give it a rest, shall we? Let's not talk about all the decisions that go everyone's way. Look, it's, the refereeing was poor last night. I don't think anyone's under any illusions that it, it was, but I thought there were decisions that went against both sides. I think Swansea have more right to be aggrieved than we do, um, especially given the magnitude of that penalty shout. But on the whole, I thought the refereeing was poor in, in all directions. Yeah, and and honestly, and they, it is every, and it is every week, and it balances itself out. We were denied an absolute stonewall against Nieskins Cabano against Bristol City. Did you see Millwall's goal that they scored, where there was two players at least three yards offside? I'm not condoning bad refereeing decisions, and of but course we were not. We were annoyed when the Millwall game happened, but we also just accepted these things happen. They balance out over a season. Just just stop with the conspiracy calls. It's, yeah, it's, just, bit, it's, it's just, just a bit much, isn't it? It feels a bit desperate and it feels like, a, you know, if Leeds bottle it again, which they don't look like they're going to at this point, but you never know with Leeds. Uh, and if they do, you know, they're going to be looking for excuses as usual and, and this is going to be one of them. They're just doing the groundwork early. Fair play to them. I would be too if I bottled two promotions in a row. Yeah, exactly. Well, Leeds obviously got their win last night. Um, they're now still, well, they're still five points ahead. It looked like it was going to be significantly more, though. It looked like they were going to open up the gap to seven points. And if Mitrovic's goal doesn't go in, is it, is that top two over, Jack? Is is it that bigger goal for Fulham? I think it could be. Um, 
Look, I am reticent to say the top two races ever over when at one point in December it was 11 points and then it was one point and now it's five points. You know, this league is is bizarre. And I saw a, I saw a good Leeds tweet the other day um, about the fact that they're facing so many of the league's bottom sides in, the, in their run-in. They're saying it's actually worse because the top sides have all decided that they're going to lose every game. They're like, I'd rather play the top six and the bottom six at the moment because because of the nature of the league. And it was a joke, but like, I think there's there's some truth to it in the fact that this league is batshit. And if you look at it in, in that kind of way, it's obviously really difficult to you know, nail down one thing or another. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, is it is it a crucial goal? Absolutely, 100%. Is it the top two race or over or done with? I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't like to say because of the nature of the championship. Yeah, I actually think the bigger thing about last night's goal and the momentum, points, momentum plus looking at like the playoff picture, which you know, looking at it was far from guaranteed. Now there's a seven point gap to seventh. Yeah. That is a significant gap, and obviously we play Bristol City next week. So if we did go get a result down at Ashton Gate, we also play Preston this weekend. So if you could get positive results in both those games, then there's a real, real buffer and Fulham can maybe concentrate on the top two without also maybe having to also look over our shoulders and worry about what the team's behind us are doing which might be a a small weight off the shoulder not that I really think these things impact matches but certainly it's a nice cushion that we have going into some tough games which could feasibly all go against us whilst we were looking at how many we can try and win and how close we could stay to Leeds ultimately you could get nothing out of these four games and and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a shock given the difficulty of the fixtures no I don't think so I think you know we've got to look at this now as games that we need to be winning if we want to be in this race and I don't mean this race in terms of just automatics I mean full-on promotion if we need to get some sort of points out of this if we want to be in the picture because four losses in on a trot would undoubtedly put us right back in the sixth place fight and that's not somewhere you really want to be no, exactly. Um, just coming back onto the game, um, Scott made two late subs. Uh, he brought on Niskins Cabano, uh, who won the penalty, and he brought on uh, Abubakar Kamara. Cavalera and Knockart had a bit of an indifferent night for me. I just didn't feel like they created an awful lot um, from the wings. And then Cabano really came on and he was electric. And Kamara, two assists, two games, calls for him to start again. But I... I can't help but thinking he does such a good job off the bench, but he has got a good cross on him. He, he's got a whip. Yeah, he's started to really develop that, hasn't he? And I think it's that's that's good practice and good coaching. So you've got to give some credit there to to Parker and his team because that's not something we saw from Kabara, from Kamara last year. Um, and I think he's got to be given credit. Look, I'm not sure if I would agree. I think he might have to start. And, and, you know, I'm obviously reticent to say that as well because I'm not completely sure what Abubakar Kamara offers some of the time. But given the fact that he's come on and made two game-changing, you know, appearances in the last two games, I think that, you know, he's got to be looking at Scott and being like, what more do I have to do to get a start? And I'm, to be fair, I'd start my head and knock out at the moment. Yeah, well, what 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 is the deal with with Kevin Knockart and Mitro up top? I don't know why, but every time that trio is up there, it, it something about it just doesn't work, and I don't really know why. I mean, their I'm, deliveries have been really, really poor, both of them, in fact, um, and it, it's something that we we've noticed over a couple of weeks. But ultimately, at, at this point, you know, that either 
they need to be switched over and, and given the license to naturally cross with their stronger feet. Or if we're going to continue with the, the cutting inside game, we need to get more fullbacks on because at the moment what they do is they cut back and the opposition fullbacks are able to cut back with them because there's no one bombing on outside of them. And it means that we're really, really one-dimensional and therefore cannot get the crosses into the box for Mitrovic to, to basically attack. And it's only Kamara coming on that's able to seem to get the ball into those areas at the moment and we've scored twice. Um, let's have a look ahead then to Saturday's game uh, against Preston. They're not on the... Uh, well, they're on an indifferent run of form. They they lost to West Brom on Tuesday night, 2-0 at the Hawthorns, which isn't really a disgrace given that kind of West Brom have been back on good form since, since their slump. Um, but their, their recent record is win-loss, win-loss. So... Well, yeah, funny if you're looking at the form table that they might get back to, to, to winning ways. Alex Neal has developed a side at Preston that for several seasons now has been has been really hard to beat. And even when they do lose, it's only ever by the odd goal, really. Yeah, absolutely. They're a good side and they have very, very good footballers in that side. Um, you're well acquainted with my love for Shawnee Maguire. Um, <laughs> but Tom Barkheisen as well is someone that Ben and I have talked about for years in that we think he'd be a really good addition. Alan Brown in the middle is very, very solid. Their centre-backs, Bauer and Davis, are, are good players. Ben Pearson's been excellent in the middle. Uh, their right-back, Fisher, got sent off um, in the West Brom game, so he yes. won't feature, um, which is probably good news. But yeah, it's just a really solid side. you know. From from back to front, even Declan Rudd in goal, good, good championship goalkeeper. I'm not sure that David Nugent is the player that I would have up there, but Scott Sinclair's there now. He's a very, very good footballer, been excellent for Celtic for years. Um, there's a lot of talent in this game, and, and Daniel Johnson's returned from injury um, on his day, one of the better players in the championship. So, you know, yes, this is a very, very good side um, that will that will challenge Fulham. I mean, we've now, in the next few weeks, we play sixth, then we play seventh, then we play fifth, then we play second. This run of games has been well talked about. Do you think a run of games like this might actually suit Fulham? As we saw yesterday and against Barnsley as well, teams that, that set up strongly at Craven Cottage, we, we struggled to break them down. I don't exactly know how Preston will approach this. I imagine they won't go gung-ho at us, but... They will definitely attack, though. Like, Neil won't come to the cottage for a point. Yeah. He will He will look to win that game. They need to. They're in that hunt for sixth. You know, they need as many points as they can get. And they will look at Fulham and go, we can get something here, which is strange when you consider the, the way of the table. But I think that given the nature of the championship this year especially, teams like Preston will look at anyone, maybe West Brom aside, and go, yeah, I fancy it, actually. I, I do fancy it. And, this, you know, we've seen that this Fulham side has a weak underbelly at times that can be exposed. And they'll have looked at the Barnsley result and gone, one, what on earth has happened there? But two, how do we achieve a similar thing? And the pace that they've got on the break with Maguire and Barkhausen and Sinclair means that they will have the you know ability to cause us problems. And I, I am concerned about this one. Right, well, I think that pretty much does uh, everything uh, as a quick review uh, of Wednesday night goes. Um, it's an interesting one on Saturday against Preston. Hopefully we can uh, start this tough run of fixtures uh, with, with a win. As we said earlier, we're going to go with the podcast name Fulham Heading Up from our very own Dean Jones. And uh, Jack, all that remains to be said is uh, have a wonderful rest of your birthday. I will do. Thank you very much, Sammy. I'll be, I'm looking forward to Saturday where, where many beers will be consumed.
yeah that that's when the actual real jc birthday celebrations are commencing uh, yeah six, 16 man in the in the hammersmith end having a great time so oh cannot we'll see wait. how we go it's gonna be we'll see uh, how we go especially if we can get a nice victory for you on your birthday which is <laughs> that would be good deserve. that's what i would like all right, uh, Fulhamish is going to be returning on Monday looking back at the Preston game. Uh, Jack, you're hosting that one, actually, aren't you? I am you? indeed, yes. Uh, so do uh, make sure you check out Monday's podcast for a full review uh, of Preston and then Fulhamish Extra will return next week. Just a quick one uh, to mention our Fulhamish Metro t-shirts. They are still on sale after last night. Maybe you feel like you need to pay homage to the great man. Just £12.50. Uh, plus postage and packaging uh, and you can get them right now if you head to fulhamish.co.uk forward slash shop and all the proceeds uh, go to help us keeping Fulhamish running so do get your t-shirt now Jack uh, I've got one in the post for your birthday thanks mate I appreciate it it's a, it's a wonderful present Mitrovic presents all over the gap isn't exactly alright we will see you on Monday have a good few days and a good weekend you what? you what? you what?